The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about how marketers are adjusting to the new post-COVID normal. Joining us again is Dustin Denno, who's the Vice President of Sales for North America at Showpad, which is a sales enablement platform that marketing and sales teams rely on to prepare sellers, engage buyers, and optimize performance with insights. Showpad's team of more than 450 people work from the company headquarters in Belgium, also Brussels, London, Munich, Poland, and domestically here in the United States in Chicago, Portland, and San Francisco. Yesterday, Dustin and I talked about why working from home doesn't have to mean a loss of productivity for your sales team. And today we're going to talk about the new normal in the post-COVID B2B sales environment. Okay, here's the second part of my conversation with Dustin Denno, VP of Sales for North America at Showpad. Dustin, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me on again, Ben. Excited to have you back on the show, and I appreciate your patience. I had a mic failure, and this is actually the second time we had to get together. Let's say it publicly. Shame on me and Blue Microphone. You failed me. Dustin, I appreciate you coming back. Not a problem at all. I promise I've had more technical difficulties than you. Well, it's good to hear something we try to avoid here at the MarTech Podcast, but let's talk a little bit about what life is really like. This is the problems that we're running into in the remote workforce. And yesterday we talked about how you're managing a large sales team and how you're thinking about remote work and making your business function. You also have a lot of insight in terms of the greater B2B landscape. Talk to me about how the coronavirus and the shelter in place has affected B2B businesses and and how your team is thinking about approaching that from a sales perspective. Yeah, what we're seeing is really a couple groups that our prospects and customers are are fitting in. You've either accelerated your business. So if you help companies work remotely, or if you're in some elements of the healthcare space, or there's a variety of industries that COVID has really accelerated, or there's businesses where it really hasn't accelerated or decelerated, it's kind of maintained. And then there's the ones where it's really dramatic. The event marketing space. (laughs) Yeah, where it's dramatically impacted. Think the travel industry or software industries that serve the travel space are just one example. So it has a different impact across different organizations. And for the back two categories, I would say, regardless of whether it's impacted your revenue at all or impacted the way you do business, 
everyone across the board is generally thinking about how they can spend the dollars more wisely just because of the uncertainty. That's the one thing that's pervasive that we're seeing across the board is this notion of kind of what's next and the uncertainty and also how their business is going to adapt in the next 12 to 24 months. In my consulting practice, what I saw with B2B businesses was everyone kind of clammed up at first and everyone held on to the cash, probably let go some people, maybe fired an agency or two, basically didn't pay their bills and tried to recoup all of their accounts receivable. So even if you were in a business that was positively affected by the outbreak of the coronavirus or not affected, there still was potentially a business impact. Were you seeing that same sort of impact across the board or is that just my clients? No, very much so. I think, again, go back to that uncertainty. This is something that hasn't really happened in any of our lifetimes. And just the uncertainty caused this immediate kind of clinch of everything. I think the other thing that we're seeing though now in the last, I would say, 30 to 45 days is this real acceleration, particularly in the enterprise across the digital transformation efforts. So finally, we're getting some footing on when we might see a vaccine. And there seems like there could be an end to this. And we've actually realized the need, the digital transformation is real. I, I feel like I've been talking about digital transformation for 10 years. And you'd be amazed how far some companies are behind there. And so we have seen an acceleration there where companies are really starting to realize that they have to invest when their whole team had to go remote overnight. So there's the immediate shock of the outbreak. And I like the word that you use, a clenching. And now we're seeing essentially an expedited need for B2B brands to think about digital transformation. When we talk about the new normal, what do you think is actually a consistent trend we're going to see? Is everybody going to move back to the office and the digital transformation won't matter as much? Or is this just, you know, the way of the world now? I'm fairly convinced that the way we work is going to be changed forever. My assumption is that the world was heading that way in general. I think it just completely sped up this idea of work from anywhere. We've had the technology to be able to work from home, but there's this negative connotation about doing it when you had all this office space and the collaborative nature of being in the office and that kind of cultural element of showing up just because you're there at the office means that's when you're working kind of eight to five, nine to five type of process. I think that is changing for good, in my opinion. I think so many companies have embraced the remote work and they haven't seen a big hit in productivity. In fact, some cases it's gone up. So I think the flexibility that you'll have from a work perspective will definitely be there. COVID has also exacerbated or sped up the idea of having to engage digitally with your customer base, whether you're B2B or B2C. I think B2C has been leading in that for the last three to five years, really a lot of great brands that are both direct to consumer and big brands that have done a lot of great things around B2C customer engagement. Digitally, I think businesses are really catching up on that online experience that is required. And that's another element that I think sped up. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. 
And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So let's talk a little bit about the actual sales process in a COVID world. There's no taking your clients out to cocktails. There's no steak dinner. Like the Mad Men days of sales are at least on hold, if not gone now. How do you kiss butts and babies and close deals if you're sitting in your living room? It's a very interesting dynamic. I've worked at both large companies and small and kind of that element of relationship building that is really important has to take on new forms. But I do love the idea that it now has put a lot of pressure on how you execute the sales process, how you create an experience for that customer, how you give them information and how you handle their whole entire sales process in a different way that actually relies on what's the business problem that you're trying to solve and how you guide that customer to your solution is putting a lot of probably good pressure on products and salesmanship that I think are really important. So you have to be on top of your game now because you can't rely on those things that move the needle sometimes from a relationship perspective. But it's still important that we have to build relationships with all of our customers. We just have to do it in new ways. We're trying a bunch of different things to really be able to connect, but it's also just having that empathy with the entire partnership in general that I think develops an even deeper relationship And so we've seen a lot of positive impact when we've just reached out to our customers and helped them solve some of their problems when it have to remote coaching or onboarding or remote content management, which our platform helps solve, really help them on the strategy side. And that kind of empathy or consultative approach has really built strong relationships with a lot of our customers. The thing that's interesting to me is that the concept of relationship building is changing where I think of relationship building and how it affects sales in, God, it must have been 2009 or so. I went to CES for the first time. I was working at eBay in business development and the VP of internet marketing said, we should go to the AOL parties. Those guys really know how to build relationships and Google hasn't quite figured it out. And there was better food and better ambiance, let's say, at the AOL party. And the Google party was like, we got some cool lanyards and some glow sticks and we rented out a room and nothing's really happening. And I will leave that alone, but just say it was in Las Vegas. And that to me was the idea of the relationship, right? They're essentially throwing a lot of booze at you and people that you want to hang out with on the AOL traditional media side. And what then at the time was the Google startup side was like, you know, cool techie toys that nobody really cared about when they're in Vegas. And relationships have changed. Now we're talking about the relationship being, we're going to help you with coaching. And it's a little bit more sterile and definitely more focused on professional relationships, not just real world regular relationships. 
it's an interesting dynamic because it is much of the time focused on, you know, the business problem and business relationship that you're seeing. And so I completely agree with you how that perspective is shifted a little bit. I still think there is this element of personal business B2B kind of relationship building will be important. But then on the other hand, I've come to like see and learn the faces of some of my customers' children and I've seen their pets and I've seen like a much more personal view into their life on Zoom. Dustin, I feel like I'm taking this call from your bedroom. I feel like we're really getting to know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other element is almost even more personal than we've ever had in business. It's very twisted. And one element, there's that lack of in-person contact that you're used to having in business. And a lot of the relationship or value add stuff is focused on how you can help and consult with the company. And then on the other hand, you're having conversations very much in people's homes and in their office or in their bedroom. Yeah, it requires a little bit more creativity from the sales staff, in my opinion. You can't take your client out to golf to have an excuse to spend three hours with them to understand their business and then personally to help provide value, right? The, I'm going to take you for a spa day, stuff goes away, and you got to get creative and really ask the hard questions and get to know people without actually having the excuse to you know, have some forced family fun, some interactions with them over an event. It is a challenging time if you're in sales, if you ask me. That's a very, very valid point. I remember having this conversation with a couple of colleagues about a year ago around the new account executive or the new salesperson. I think the skills are creativity, business acumen, and kind of grounded in this layer of grit that is necessary. And I said that a year ago because I believed that getting in front of people was very hard and that creative element was necessary to get in front of people. But now it's kind of also we're seeing that you don't have that lure to get customers for time at an event or taking them out to golf or things like that, like had been used in sales forever. So I think it's a very important point. And I'm very, very adamant on the beliefs that creativity, grit, and business acumen are some of the top skills that we need in salespeople. And the difficulty is, is there that's a very hard combination to find. Typically, people that are very creative in the way that they do things may not be able to have a really solid business conversation with the CEO. So it's something we spend a lot of time on. So outside of the sales team's golf handicaps going up, what is the impact on sales performance? You know, is there impact on time to close, conversion rate? Now that we are all working remotely and you can't directly interface, relationship building has changed. Are you actually seeing that impact how B2B sales is executed, the businesses, the products people are choosing? What's the real real on how this is actually affecting businesses? There is this element of having a relationship with someone that helps them feel comfortable with who they're buying with. So much of business decisions today are driven by consensus across a broad group of people that it isn't that one decision maker that you're trying to build a relationship with or to take out to golf like we used to back in the day. I think it's very evident in all the data supports that rep effectiveness has gone down over the last five years. I mean, attainment is getting lower and lower. Ramp time is getting longer and longer. And I think there's been so much energy and focus on rep efficiency and driving efficiency so that they would have more active selling time and really little focus on actual effectiveness. 
And that's part of the reason why I'm at Showpad is we fundamentally believe that it's not about finding a piece of content in 30 seconds. It's more about making sure that the value and that conversation you deliver with that content at the right stage that the customer and the right part of the process in context of what business problem they're trying to solve is the most important element to drive that productivity or attainment up. So it's much more about rep effectiveness. And I think it's going to start to bubble up because it kind of goes right in contention with that model that if you add more sales heads, you get more revenue. The old capacity equals ACV or ARR is kind of going away because it's not a land grab anymore. You have to be much more diligent and tactical with how you're allocating your resources and can't just hire a bunch of salespeople and then automatically revenue comes out the back end of that equation. And so... Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. (laughs) And back in the day when Salesforce was really blowing up at the beginning, that's what it was. It was capacity. It was a land grab. That model just doesn't repeat anymore. And so you have to get much more smarter about how you scale teams. And it all goes back to that number of rep productivity or rep attainment and not really focused on their efficiency. Because if I save a sales rep eight hours a week, that equals another day's worth of revenue. No, they're going to be practicing their putting from their bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You mentioned ACC and ARR. Just for the marketers who are not super familiar with sales metrics, we just walk us through what those metrics are. Yeah, so ACV is an annual contract value. I said ACC, sorry, ACV. Yeah, and the annual contract value and then ARR's annual recurring revenue. That's the metric that their sales teams typically evaluated on. Yeah, my takeaway is that not only are we seeing a shift in mindset and obviously the dramatic impact of the awareness and the outbreak of coronavirus and most brands really clinched, as you said, and held on to their budget. And that was affecting B2B relationships. But now as we're seeing things start to normalize, the process of selling is really changing. Hopefully that means that consumers are making educated decision and all of the, I'm going to take you out to golf. So you're going to buy the second best product on the market. Stuff goes away. It's just an interesting time to think about what's actually happening in the B2B environment. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Dustin Denno, VP of Sales for North America of Showpad, for joining us. In the third part of our interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Dustin and I are going to talk about the real ROI of sales enablement in the corona era. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Dustin, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is Showpad, S-H-O-W-P-A-D, or you could visit their website, which is showpad.com. Just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.